The reading is taken from Luke chapter 18, uh, starting at verse 1 this evening. Uh, This is found on page 1051 in the Church Bibles. Um, Luke 18, verse 1, the parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciple a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Please keep your Bibles open. Uh, We'll be looking at those uh, verses together. Uh, But let me pray as we start. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a just God. Please would you help us see that today. Help us to rejoice in that wonderful news. In your name, amen. Question for everybody here today. How do you feel when something unfair happens? And what do you do in response? Um, The picture on the screen is a a visual representation, let's say, of how I respond when something unfair happens, excuse me, in a game of Monopoly. But joking aside, there is a reason why we all sit up, don't we, uh, when there is injustice around us. Why we might want to say something, we might want to do something about it. It unsettles us, doesn't it? Or why even we breathe a sigh of relief when justice is done? Um, if you've been looking at, uh, listening in with us for the series of Luke, um, I hope you've, you've enjoyed it. I found it really interesting. Um, uh, as we go through this book, I think Jesus has a lot of uh, incredible things to say. To say about God's kingdom, about, about what God is like, about himself about who will enter God's kingdom. And then we get to chapter 18, and in the first eight verses, Jesus gives us an intriguing parable, let's say. And I wonder, as we read through this uh, passage, did you spot the theme of justice? Did you spot who the main character is in there? Have you spotted the goal of why Jesus is telling this parable? 
In fact, it's a warm day, so actually let's do a little bit of that together now. So just take 30 seconds, a minute, have a look down at that passage. See if you can spot what is Jesus' goal here and uh, who's the main character in this parable and I'll call us back together in a moment. Feel free to discuss it with someone next to you as well. Let me, um, let me draw us back together there. Sorry, that's not lots of time, but um, let's break down the parable together. Let's go through the story. Firstly, I think in verse 2, we see the unjust judge, who we, we hear neither fears God nor cares about what people think. We get the impression, don't we, he's a judge. He's of high standing, very powerful. We get this very interesting or maybe worrying detail about him that he doesn't fear God or care what people think. So not very good, not very caring, maybe a bit of a problematic judge. And then we see in verse 3 a different character, the widow with a plea, who keeps coming to him with that plea. And we have the opposite of a character here, a woman of low standing who's in need of justice, in need of a powerful judge. Presumably because she can't get that herself. Maybe has very little influence in her own world. And I, I think it's interesting that Jesus chooses a character like that. Because I think he's thinking about who's listening to the story. And, and further than that, who is reading the words of Luke in this book. Which I think includes us, doesn't it? I don't think it's too far-fetched for me to say that in this very room there are people who know the pains of injustice. Or we might know others close to us who are suffering injustice. The truth is, this topic, this subject is very close to home, isn't it? Let's keep going with the story. Um, have a look at the reaction of this unjust judge. Verses 3 and 4, the, um, the widow comes to him and says, Grant me justice against my adversary. And his response, verse 4, for some time he refused. Kicks it down the road. And then we, we keep going, verse 4, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, uh, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. So this powerful, high-standing um, uh, high judge fears for his own safety and with his own interests at heart, decides to give her justice after all. I do think when we get to this point in the story, we're meant to, have our head, uh, meant to be finding ourselves scratching our heads saying, was this a good ending or a bad one? Because she got justice, didn't she? But we notice that this judge is selfish and ungodly. I think that's why Jesus then comes in with, the, uh, with verse 7 here and delivers his lesson, uh, which we'll come to in a moment.
I think we need to remind ourselves of something, um, which is why is Jesus telling this parable? Uh, Let's have a look at verse one. I think that should be on the screen there, um, which says, uh, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should that they should always pray and not give up. He wants his disciples to pray and not give up. So how does this parable help that? Well, I think it does help that by painting a picture of what God is not like. What God is not like. See, Jesus really focuses, if you look at verse 6, on this unjust judge. A person in power over people who can call the shots. And why? Well, I think he's, like I say, trying to teach us something about God and how God is not like this unjust judge. In fact, he goes even further. He's making the point of how much better God is. Because notice in verse 5, the unjust judge, despite being horrid, still gives justice to this widow. So how much better is it that God will give justice because he is a God, a judge who knows, cares, and will act. I think the um, picture of a judge is a very helpful one because I think the Bible wants us to see God that way. And actually, it's a picture that we can all relate to. Um, uh, The image of of what a judge should be like or the, the justice system should be like is something we all know, we all want to see being done well. Um, on the screen now will appear a photo um, of two people. Um, I don't know if you recognize them at all. Uh, the first one is uh, a judge called Judge, judge Ito. He was the presiding judge over the uh, People versus O.J. Simpson case in the States that happened a while back. Uh, the other photo is a lady called Marsha Clark. She was the uh, prosecutor on the case. It's really interesting um, to dive into the story and how it went. Marsha Clark... Um, would increasingly get frustrated as this case went on because essentially she found the judge to be someone who was very malleable. Could be, he could move the goalposts lots. Things just didn't go well in that case. In fact, I quote her in saying, he never had control of that courtroom. A judge not doing what they should in the way they should uh, is problematic. It affects how we approach them in the future. Think about this widow. After a few times of coming to this judge, you might expect she would have given up. I think I would have done. How can I go to such a judge? He keeps kicking my case down the road like it doesn't matter, delaying it, and only because it inconvenienced him did I get justice. As we read this passage, I hope you can start to see what Jesus is trying to say. See the undertone of what he's trying to tell us. He's asking us a question. That question is, how do you see God? What is your understanding of him? Is it as a distant power whose arm I need to twist in order to get what I need? Or a floundering, malleable Judge Ito um, who you can put pressure on when, uh, to get what you need, but can you really trust him? Or as a delayer, as we kind of see in verse 4 a little bit, who hears your troubles and has more important things to take care of first, so you're, you're not a priority. Or do we see God 
as a God who knows our sorrows, who cares about us and will act. It matters how we see God, doesn't it? Because that will impact how we come to him, how we pray. Think about it this way. Do you ever find yourself giving up on prayer? Or maybe even tempted to? What do you think is going on in that time? Could it be my view of God is like an unjust judge? Distant power, busy, not interested in me. I think if that's starting to be the case, actually it might be a good idea for us to meet up with a Christian friend, puzzle that out a little bit more, open up about struggling with prayer, pour out over a passage like this, refresh our view of who God is and what he's like. Because remember in verse one, Jesus' aim for telling this story is that we pray and we don't give up praying. Let's take that thought a little bit further. Let's say uh, you really see God that way. He's a distant power over there. Well, if I see him that way, I might be tempted to, well, I might be tempted to think that actually he only listens to me depending on how good I am. And so when I fail at that, I despair. I might look to someone else or something else instead. I haven't twisted his arm enough. I haven't prayed in the right way. Does he even know my troubles? Well, let's say you see God as busy and has better things to do than listen to my prayers. Then why bother him? I'm not precious to him. Why would he listen to me? We might be tempted to think the God of the Bible is so vast that he's not going to listen to someone as insignificant as me. So, again, we despair or disbelieve. Does he even care? Or or if God is easily swayed by pressures around him, well, how can I trust anything he does is for my good and not for his own cosmic game where I'm just an unhelpful consequence? Will he even bring justice for me? Seeing God as an unjust God leaves us in a dark place, doesn't it? What if we rightly pray? for justice and in, um, in some of those ways I've just spoken about and um, we, we're sort of left without any hope. Well, what could we possibly hope that, sorry, what could we possibly hope, um, forgive me, how could we possibly hope that he might deal with the injustices of this world? I think now is a good time for us to turn to verse seven and eight. Please look at them with me. Because having pointed out uh, what God is not like, having pointed out this picture of this unjust judge, and how even so uh, the widow got justice, Jesus wants to shift our eyes now to God. And he says this, have a look at verse 6 and 7, and the Lord said, listen to uh, what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Jesus is saying, how good is it that God is not like this unjust judge? 
or any failing judge or justice system in this world. Because yes, it is scary when judges and the justice system fails us and doesn't look after the weak. So how good is it that God is not like that? Jesus wants us to, to, to remember what God is like. He is unlike the unjust judge. He is a God who knows our sorrows, cares about us, and will act. So what do we do with that information? Well, like verse 1 says, and as Jesus really wants, actually there are two things we can do with that. The first is that we pray. And the second is that we don't give up praying. And we pray for two reasons. God is just and God hears. Uh, when I say God is just, I think I'm, I'm saying God is just and he cares. So when we look at verse 7, um, God brings justice for his chosen ones, is the phrase he uses there. I don't know what you make of that phrase, God's chosen ones. Because the Bible repeatedly uses that phrase, doesn't it? To describe God's people. And it's a phrase I think points to God's kindness. A people who were once in sin, that he's brought back to himself. God's treasured possessions, precious to him. In a world of sin, he gave Jesus to buy us back. God is a God who, unlike the, just, uh, the unjust judge, cares for his people despite how lowly they are. And also God, uh, pray because God hears. Again in verse 7, you hear, uh, it says, um, his chosen ones who cry out day and night. Those injustices we share all together, those that we have secret on our own, he knows and he hears. One of the tough things I think I find about praying, and, and others may do too, is that in the back of your mind, you, you find yourself asking the question, did, did God even hear that? As God's chosen people, loved by him, we can say with confidence, he does hear. And secondly, don't stop praying. I think we have to be careful here, um, because this passage might read like saying, pray hard, and you get what you want. Or continue praying and God will bring justice in the next week. I don't think that is what Jesus is saying here. And we can be easily discouraged if we go down that road. Now I think Jesus is saying don't give up praying because verse 7, he that is God will bring justice quickly. One question as we've gone through this passage so far that I've not really addressed so far is what is this justice? Is it justice in the world around us, for the people of Ukraine, or for some of the things that Olaf mentioned when he was praying? Is it justice for, against those in power who have abused their power and seemingly get away with it? Is it justice for everything that's ever been done wrong to me? I think we need to track back a little bit, because I think the Bible starts us at a different point. The Bible tells us that in a world of sin, justice is the punishment for sin. Where God, being a holy God, deals with sin drastically. Which does mean that God needs to deal with me, with us, and our sin. 
And the Bible tells us that in Jesus, God mercifully spares us from that punishment because instead Jesus came to pay that price for us. So, ultimately, justice is God dealing with sin and he does that on the cross. But when it comes to the story of justice, that's not the final picture. Because I think as we read the Bible more widely, we do get this picture of a final judgment where ultimate justice will come. I think Jesus hints to it a little bit at the beginning of uh, verse 8. Uh, oh, halfway through verse 8, tell you that he, um, he will see that they get justice quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, I think that's pointing us to a future where something clear will happen about justice being brought. One day, justice will be brought, not necessarily in our lifetime, but when Jesus comes again, when the Son of Man returns, justice will be brought. And I think that's what Jesus is referring to when he says that justice will come quickly. The reality is I do think Jesus will give um, some relief from injustice now, and we should pray for that rightly. But the quickly in verse seven isn't saying pray more so that justice will come quicker. No, the quickly is referring to Jesus' return. And if you think about the sort of uh, how long eternity is going to be, Jesus is coming again, will be quick. So justice will ultimately come when Jesus comes again. But if that's then, what about now? What about the injustice we experience today? What do we do with that? Because the implication can feel that actually for some injustices, we might have to wait. I think what Jesus is very helpfully doing in this passage is pointing us back to God and saying in a world of injustice, remember God is just. Turn to him in prayer. Don't give up. We keep going. We persevere in prayer. God is just, so he dislikes the injustices we face today, unlike the unjust judge. He would listen to the widow, be moved by her story, and seek to give her justice. So we should be praying for the injustices we see in the world around us today. And it might feel like there's a bit of a tension there, because on one side we might see some injustices now, uh, on the other side we might painfully have to, to wait for it. But we do live in a broken world. So when we hear that one day justice will come, we can praise God. One day he will bring justice. And the ultimate example of that is how he laid down that judgment on Jesus on the cross, proof that one day justice is coming. Jesus is calling us as his loved ones, as his chosen people, to cry out day and night for justice. But to do that in prayer as we wait for his return. And while we do that, he urges us to remember that God is a God who knows our sorrows. God is a God who cares about us. And God is a God who will act and bring justice quickly.
Uh, when preparing this passage, uh, I confess I found the final sentence in this passage hard to figure out. Um, verse, at the end of verse eight it says, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Feels like a bit of a cliffhanger question. Like, where's Jesus going with this? But I think what Jesus is doing is kind of opening our eyes. You know, he's focused our eyes on God this whole time, but he's saying, now, for you. Essentially, would you be, will you be ready when I return? What kind of faith will I find when I return? So he's talking about this. He says, uh, will the Son of Man, that's Jesus talking about himself. Um, a quote that was uh, shown to me this week I found very helpful, uh, which basically says, uh, prayer is faith made audible. I'll say that again. Prayer is faith made audible. Because when we suffer injustice, faith looks like prayer. Will Jesus find us praying when he returns? Or doing other things in response to injustice? Despairing looking for revenge, grumbling, apathy, doubting. Although those are normal human reactions, what Jesus is pointing, us here, pointing to us here is faith. Faith looks like persisting like this widow, continually, prayerfully crying out to God because we trust in him and waiting on this foundation of hope that we have in Jesus uh, for a God who knows and cares and will bring justice. Um, in a moment we'll sing, and I love the words of the first song we'll sing because I think it really encapsulates what this passage is trying to point us to. Let me read the words for you and just, just have a listen. O God of justice, truth, and might, Lord of every good and all that's right, King of righteousness and endless grace, feel our sorrow, turn your face. O Christ, the shepherd that we seek, you are the great defender of the weak. Be our advocate against our foes. Bind the wounded, heal our woes. Verse seven, and will not God bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. That's our God. Let's use uh, these next two songs to respond to what we've heard. <laughs>